It's the biggest Super Bowl ever. John Belushi is still dead, and America's Most Wanted asked you call in if you have any information on the suspect. 30, this week on 30-20-10. Welcome, everybody, to 30-20-10, the Internet's leading pop culture time machine. I'm messing up my plugs. But basically, we're the show that looks 30, 20, and 10 years ago. To the past of this week, the week that is uh, February 2nd through February 8th, that is what we'll be covering. Movies, TV, games, news, what happened on or around February 2nd through February 8th, 1988, 1998, 2008. Where were you? We're going to tell you what we were doing. I am Chris Antista. And the unbearable lightness of Diana Goodman. <laughs> Featuring a cameo by Blues Traveler, I'm Matt J. We've got some big, big uh, debuts, some weird resurrections, a lot of really fun pop culture minutia, so stay tuned for all that, folks. I don't want to scare anybody out there, but did you know that 66% of men lose their hair by the age of 35? Whew, I just barely made it, but it wasn't without trying. Don't be the guy who does nothing to stop potential hair loss. Because Hims, your one-stop shop for male hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness might have exactly what you need. Even better, 302010 listeners can get a trial month of everything you need to keep your hair for just $5 right now while supplies last. See the website for details, 4hims.com slash 30, that's the word 30, because this could cost you hundreds if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. Hims offers medical-grade solutions, real doctors, and offer well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. We're not talking herbal supplements, but straight science here, people. No health insurance required, no waiting rooms, no awkward doctor visits. Just go to a website, answer a few quick questions, and a doctor will review it and send your prescription directly to your door. And once again, while supplies last, our listeners can get a one-month trial of everything you need to keep your hair. Just go to hymns.com slash 30. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash 30. That's the word 30, people. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows February 2nd through the 8th. Um, Good Morning Vietnam, still number one in the 1988 box office. Yay. That's that's astounding staying power, given that it came out in, like, November. Um, Yeah, well, I think it dropped, and then it came back, and it traded places with Three Men in a Little bit. Three Men in a Little 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 Baby. baby. I did it, goddammit. It's okay, you're going to get to talk all through this sequence. Yeah, yeah. We just (laughs) talked on our bonus show that we do for our patrons at patreon.com slash lasertime. Matt just saw the Phantom Thread, Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. like... Probably the easiest uh, body of work you can consume is Daniel Day-Lewis. He makes a movie every six years, yep. and he's going to stop. And it's almost um, always great. And it's yep. almost always great. The un- even if it's bad, he's great in it. And I've never seen The Unbearable Lightness of Being. I have, and I have only vague recollections of it. And then like reading up on it and finding out, oh, no, actually, it seems like I remember it pretty well. Um, <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis, Juliette Binoche, Lena Olin are bohemians in 1968 Czechoslovakia um, and they mostly just do weird sex stuff with each other (laughs) and then the Soviets roll in and they're bohemian and they do weird sex stuff with each other (laughs) It's it's based on the book that sounds like a hard recommend uh well i mean if you want daniel day lewis to make a woman like crawl across the floor onto a mirror uh, in her underwear. I need a minute. On a yeah. glass coffee table? I need a minute. No, quite. <laughs> no one's wearing a priest outfit either. But yeah, it's just sort of 
mm. uh, look into their weird decadent lives, yeah. but under communism, and then the Soviets show up, and there's protests, and no, oh, no. If you think what he did with his left foot was gross. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also out this week, Slugs with Michael Garfield. I hope this is about exactly what I think it is. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Brian's just nodding. Turn on the tap. <laughs> Don't go in the basement. No, get out of it! Steer clear of the sewers. Don't make out while your parents aren't home. Slugs. It may be the most shocking movie you will ever see. I doubt it, but that's not the only reason to see it. Holy shit, Slugs? It's got one of the most iconic VHS covers uh, of my child, of being scared in the video store of my childhood. MC Escher-ass shit right there. Yeah, the guy's just just his face left after seemingly his entire body has been skeletonized by Slugs. Devoured slowly by Slugs. Yeah, They're mutant Slugs that get a taste for human flesh. You think you'd like... They start coming after you very gradually. We're made of salt. (laughs) <laughs> like, we, like someone while they're running away from a slug would start sweating or something and you think you'd be like natural deterrent to slugs or maybe that's all it takes an immunity to salt and we're fucked yeah it's covered in slugs every single night oh good yeah the second that they they aren't yeah. harmed, harmed by salt they just become our lose greatest all predator. leverage every leverage we have against slugs um, <laughs> yeah but also she's having a baby uh she's having a she's having a baby <laughs> with kevin bacon and elizabeth mcgovern Kevin Bacon and Elizabeth McGovern. How did I say it? In a new film by John Hughes. It's been 48 hours since our last coalition. My temperature's optimum. I'm ovulating. I have the pillow set up in the position. You can watch TV if you get bored. Here's to successful fertilization. She's having a baby. <laughs> She's having a baby. Is that Elvis Costello? No um, idea. How many movies are there about Kevin Bacon impregnating someone? I, was there another one? Aren't Which like one are you thought, thinking? Isn't nine months him? No, no. but Grant it's baby. also John Hughes. Oh, is it? I was going to say it's that, yeah. the rare John Hughes movie that's not about children or a family unit. Maybe we're just right. thinking about the people that led to becoming pregnant from seeing movies with Kevin Bacon in it, because I'm sure <laughs> that's happened. Oh yeah, quite a only number that, of times. Only that one where he shows his massive dong. What was that? Wild Things. Oh yeah, Jesus. What? yeah. That's <laughs> quite a strip of bacon, man. You got to see it. Wild Things is fucking Google? amazing. You got to see it. <laughs> uh, I would but, rather talk about that than she's having a baby. She's having a baby. You know, it's a it's a John Hughesy comedy with some some kind of fantasy goofy bits in it and it's sort of like I feel like we're at a point where like John Hughes is just writing about whatever he sees yeah. it's like well this is what's happening in my life <laughs> he's writing yeah. a movie every week I'm gonna yeah. write a movie about desks we need a movie now. next week is John John Hughes available Wait, yeah, he's, he saw a baby walk unharmed through a construction site <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh oh it's part of the oeuvre he came back to this it's a follow up yeah, I think there's a reason we don't we don't know we don't remember as fondly the John Hughes movies about adults Nah. Unless they're chasing a runaway baby. Yes. But do you remember this movie, Diana? I do. Serpent in the Rainbow. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. From Wes Craven, director of A Nightmare on Elm Street, comes a story of the forbidden world between life and death. Ah! There's a door to the mystical. And you just walk through it. It's 
somebody brought him back from the grave. And I want to know how they did it. Man, I this was talked about so much in the schoolyard. It's yeah. one of the scariest things. Or Bill Pullman. People, yeah, yeah, we had Bill Pullman last year. week. That we people had ever seen. Yeah. But I am terrified to rewatch this, given the uh, implications. Spooky zombie stuff. In a... Uh, Famous shithole Haiti. I don't want to say that. So <laughs> oh, referencing, referencing an awful man yeah. and his awful words. Not just zombies, um, voodoo zombies. Yeah. yeah. Which is a cool the, thing. The original zombies. Yeah. You know, where you make people think that they're dead and then you enslave them. But I think that's kind of the idea. It's like zombie, the zombie craze. The first wave mm-hmm. of zombie craze was kind of cresting mm-hmm. just around this time. But we just talked about... Uh, one of the Return of the Living Deads. Yeah. Uh, Return of the Living Dead 2. Yes. And uh, this was like... A, a twist on that by going back to the originals, the ones yeah, that, the which, ones that which spawned the idea of a zombie, which was via voodoo, I yeah. believe. Mm-hmm. It's the basis for all zombies in general. It's a cool movie. It's one of those movies that like horror fans have just never let go of. Like it's a shout factory or scream yeah, factory put just it out. A lot of African. There's a lot of black people in headdresses, and I just yeah. I don't want to deal with that right now. And I saw someone, one of them in whiteface, and that is inappropriate. Yes, <laughs> you do not do whiteface. You're right. Uh, it is. It's the worst part of everything. Yeah. But no, I know this is very well regarded by mm. horror fans. Totally. I'm too much of a wuss to watch it. What? A, but what an interesting premise for the master of horror to go into. Like, yeah. it, like that's, What a cool thing to do. R.I.P.D. R.I.P.D. Wes Craven. And again, plug in our show. If you care to watch it, me and uh, my buddy Lizzie Cuevas did an Elm Street Nightmare. We walked you through every single Nightmare on Elm Street in hopefully less than an hour. Mm-hmm. Including a commentary of the TV show on our That's Patreon. true. Settling uh, the chronology of Nightmare on Elm Street. That was really fun to do. And a movie I've never heard of. Oh, uh, really? Cherry 2000? Yeah. In the future, the world has survived. Romance has not. All right, so we'll say a dinner, complete sexual encounter, <laughs> optional episode in the morning, right? I gotta run this past my own lawyer. Pleasure is strictly business. But it will be possible to have the perfect mate. A Cherry 2000. What the hell is this? I want to see this so bad, Diana. This is the season five of Black Mirror, right? So remember last week where I said I watched a lot of things with weird music? Why is the taxi driver music here? <laughs> <laughs> that music is malleable. You can put that over like anything. Yeah. All right. So it's the freaking, what are we just, uh, the what, Zach Galifianakis show. Between Two Ferns. It's the Between <laughs> yeah. Two Ferns theme. I don't know why the taxi driver mo- music is your sexy jazz score. Because it's all, I think it's also going for yeah. like, it's creepy. It's, a, it's that lazy it's brass robot. that goes well with a this bodacious day. Awesome. All right, so. This looks insane. So that's the basic setup. This guy. That, In the future, by the way, that woman was polka dotted. Yeah. yeah, she was <laughs> polka dotted. So this guy, this guy has a sex bot and it breaks, and he wants <laughs> he wants a new he wants it the exact same model of sex bot. So he oh. has to go out beyond civilization uh, to go find the warehouse full of the sex bot. That oh, because it's wants. like an older one. It's an older yeah. model. The oh. fuck is he like in love with it? And he I guess, but he. I mean, like they download like her personality. It's so weird that this is like I was just thinking about Blade Runner, Blade Runner twenty forty nine again. That like. They figured out, like, I mean, her personality is stored on, like, a really tiny CD, mm-hmm. which is, like, oh, GameCube game. futuristic. <laughs> no, really tiny, like, the size of your thumbnail, a little oh, CD. Okay. And so he wants to go get a new model and install the old girlfriend in it. And so Melanie Griffith is going to take him out into the wilderness? Mm. This looks so... F- I've it's never really heard of this, dude. Like tank girl. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought it when I kind of when is. they showed the buried Vegas. I was like, dude, oh, maybe that this was po- happening the other side the of the world. And the poster is like the coolest thing in the universe. It's 
it's weird. Do you think he like gets to the warehouse and they're like, "Ah, oh, yes, the old model, the one with the extra small vagina." And he's like, "No, I just like, I just like how she looks." It's it's uh, like, you no, want no, the you tiny Janie. Yeah, oh yeah, we don't make this anymore because no one's dick small enough to fit this thing. <laughs> no, you don't need to say that. Like he's in front of Melanie Griffith. He's like, eh, just don't, eh, just, I just want that one. Just put it in a box. And it's, it's I'm seeing it's from the writer of Strange Brew. Is this <laughs> was this supposed to be a comedy? Whoa! Whoa. I've never what heard it, the poster. Looks amazing, by the way. Do yourself a favor and Google some Cherry Two Thousand. I'm looking for someone to go into Zone 7. I'm E. Johnson. You're not going to find anybody better than me, mister. I'm not a machine. Do you know where they keep these babies? We call it the graveyard. It is the worst place in the zone. And now it looks really cheap. Then every, it goes yeah. Mad Max. It's like it's cool. Every 80s movie tricks you. There's an opening shot, a really cool 80s location, and then where do they go? The desert. Same yeah. with cartoons. They <laughs> put all their money into the intro and make Japanese people make it. Oh, man. No yeah. no need for people. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's that's Terry, the movie's dying. It is so beautifully 80s. Yeah, I love I, that. I yeah, I'm, that I'm might looking, be my recommend, even though Serpent in the Rainbow people mm, like. I'm looking at the poster that Chris mentioned, and it looks like... Uh, did you watch that animated Rob Lowe show that was on Comedy Central Moonlight. years yeah. ago? Mo- Moon, yeah. Moonbeam City? Moonbeam City. Yeah. Uh, I love that show, and it got canceled, but it looks just like that, Like it's, yep. but it's in the actual 80s. Wow. But it's weird, because Melanie Griffith just... She never comes across as tough. I don't know why they put her in a couple different things where she has to be tough because she's yeah. got Baby a boots. tiny little voice and she sounds kind of bored. I'm going to kill you with my rocket launcher, motherfucker. Get away from her, you bitch. Yeah. Uh, it's odd. Moving into television. Television. There is a couple of pretty big things. It's, it seems like a light week till you realize what mm-hmm. the things are. Uh, on February 3rd, the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour 20th Reunion Show oh, airs. Wow. Where? Uh, on television. Well, <laughs> so I think it, it was on a, CBS? I believe it was a CBS show, yes. Their I, original I, channel where they sang an entire song about how CBS is going to cancel us yes. now? Uh, yes. I think it also has the dun 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 ba, dun 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 when it first starts. Mm. But uh, it's the Smothers Brothers. Smothers Brothers are two of the most influential people in the history of comedy. They were yep. one of the first guys. They were in the 60s. Uh, they were what? Um, Lauren Michaels was just a few years later mm-hmm. what Scott Aukerman is now they were those guys who were like oh let's just find cool hip comedy people and put them in front of the biggest audience we can possible yeah and a really like a legitimately funny comedy duo oh they're they're hilarious well yeah. and they and all of their comedy is pretty much two dudes talking to each other so yeah. it really holds up because it's also just like whip crack fast and smart uh, I'm just going to read off some of the people who are on this special uh, many of them appeared in the original show uh, Glenn Campbell Bob Einstein Steve Martin who got, who got his start as a writer on that show <laughs> Lorenzo Music hey. uh, wow. who also got his, who is a uh, famous Bill Murray impersonator <laughs> Lorenzo Music uh, Rob Reiner uh, the Smothers Brothers themselves, of course, Mason Williams, uh, a bunch of people appear in this special. Um, but they, of course, gave the start to one of their young writers whose hair hadn't turned, hadn't even turned white yet, Steve Martin, yeah. uh, who is a massive, massive hero and idol of mine. Uh, so please don't let him get Weinsteins, please. Oh, of all the people to have, you want to milkshake duck Steve Martin? Uh, no, not at all. No, it's cool. Everyone, single woman he's ever been involved with leaves him publicly and embarrassingly. Yes, and, like, it's his heartbroken. <laughs> they all make five Just movies like, with him and then and then, then leave him. <laughs> publicly to the point that there's a 30 rock episode about that <laughs> with him in it uh so we've got a clip here of steve martin on the smothers brothers show who has gone on to this is 1988 mm-hmm. this is peak steve martin oh yeah this is when mm-hmm. the when his name meant a lot in hollywood the to last the, steve martin movie we talked about was roxanne which was huge yeah, yeah. roxanne is an awesome i you read a very long comment of mine on, on an episode Did I really? about roxanne yeah because yeah, i love that film and mm-hmm. have a lot to say about it uh mm-hmm. so so he comes back 
having having started on their show and become super famous and plays the Steve Martin character of pompous idiot. Uh, <laughs> one of the best times I've ever seen him play. This clip is, is very funny if you're a weirdo like me and have a 90-year-old man's soul for some reason. Nice to You know, this is such a nutty business for in. I, I think it was the great showman Flo Ziegfeld who said, a man never stands so tall as when he stoops to help Someone, Someone else. else. Exactly. Yeah. I, I believe, believe that, that show people are the most generous, <laughs> caring, and exciting people I know. <laughs> so here we are after all these years. What a time we had. Those were the days. <laughs> you know, Steve, you're a big movie star, and I was wondering, is do you, do you miss live performances? Well, yes, I do. Wow. <laughs> so the, the, bit, the bit being that these the Smothers Brothers were always parodying whatever they were on when they were on the mm-hmm. radio, when they are on TV. Like you said, the, the joke about getting canceled. Mm-hmm. They're just making fun of how rote and stupid these specials <laughs> are and that when you get a famous person on, they always say the same thing to the point wow. that I believe that's, I think it's Tom Smothers on the right. It's Tom and mm-hmm. Dick Smothers. Mm-hmm. So Tom Smothers is just saying it along with Steve Martin because of how stupid it is. And the whole time, uh, Dick Smothers in the middle is just like looking back and forth like, what is yeah, happening? Yeah, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, I, I just, and there's a really cool documentary out there on the Smothers Brothers just called Smothers. Smothered. smothered. Yep, yeah. it's on YouTube. It came it up as to be on YouTube. Yeah, it came up as recommended after it's this. Why did I bother googling that? Yeah. Oh my god. No, it's it's really interesting yeah. documentary. Mm-hmm. Look that. Just look up clips of their old show on YouTube, particularly Steve Martin's clips of him like doing magic and just being hilarious, having black jet black hair. Yeah, yeah. which I know you'll it's never so see weird. Again. It's like it like it does not compute when I see him with with not white hair. Yeah, it's just it's always said white hair. It's amazing. Uh, and then uh, just look at clips of them. They're they're heroes for a reason. Mm. Uh, February 7th, Elvis and Me TV movie? Yeah, mm. two-night TV movie based mm. on Priscilla Presley's uh, autobiography. <laughs> Whoa. Um, now, the cast, the lady that cast to play Priscilla looks just like Priscilla. The guy that cast to play Elvis looks like Elvis's second cousin. Mm. <laughs> um, he's doing an okay job. It's, he's understated. He's not doing the look out, man. <laughs> Dale Midkiff. Uh, but it sounds like a guy who would play Elvis in a movie. It's odd. Uh, I think, I mean, if you want to look at portrayals of Elvis, you have to lump it in there because mm-hmm. it's him from a different point of view of being, uh, unfaithful into underage girls and, uh, jealous and weird and, and you know the drugs start. Shooting TVs, and, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. He's no, uh, he's no Nicholas Cage. Peanut yes. butter and quaalude sandwiches, it's man. Tiny yeah. Elvis. <laughs> tiny Elvis. Sure thing, uh, Tiny. <laughs> uh, this movie's three hours long because yeah, it was on two nights. Two nights. Wow. It's an event. Yeah, and it's all on YouTube in one video. You can watch a three-hour video. Wow. And let's Elvis see if we can uh, jog the memory of any of the listeners out there with this theme, also debuting. <laughs> That is a very 1988 theme song. Yeah. Anybody uh, thinking of America? America's Most Wanted. Mm-hmm. America Fights Back. I feel like we, we talked about this on Talking Simpsons, actually. Because uh, they have a oh, yeah, weird yeah. intertwined relationship. They ha- There's an America's Most Wanted Simpsons special. This was Fox's longest running show until The Simpsons went over 25 seasons. But uh, created and hosted by John Walsh. Mm-hmm. John um, Walsh, who, uh, do you know why he created the show? Yes. Yeah. Because his son. His uh, son was kidnapped and murdered. Kidnapped is that yeah. the case? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so he wanted to devote his life to television and talking about unsolved crimes in a hotline that you could call in on. I've, I've read different statistics on 
how much that actually helped. Yeah, I've got a number here that seems like it's just a round number mm-hmm. that might be sort of accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, it, well, first of all, the show went for twenty five seasons. It had one thousand one hundred and eighty six episodes, wow. which like next to. What's that vampire soap opera? Like, oh, Dark, Dark Shadows. Shadows. Like, how many shows have that many episodes that aren't the same? It's like, yeah, it's like this in WWE Raw. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it apparently led to 1,200 captures. Wow. That's crazy yeah. if that's real. I mean, you know, you can, you can fudge that statistic a little bit. Yeah. I think my favorite mm-hmm. thing about both America's Most Wanted and Unsolved Mysteries is because mm-hmm. they'd have reenactments, mm-hmm. finding out how many times people called the cops on the reenactors. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I saw him at the market. Oh, no, he's the yeah. guy. He lives in I Pasadena. I saw him at an audition for a Clorox commercial. Yeah. I don't mean to disparage its impact because at, at the very least it boosted the signal to unsolved crimes and obviously yeah. got more people noticing. That's what it was good because, you know, not everyone's in a police station looking at what's hanging up on the cork board. Like they put it on TV. Like, here's a photo of this man. He did this. If you know where he is, tell us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it's uh, like, I mean, unless it's a really recent crime, yeah, mm-hmm. you don't know about this kidnapping from a year or two ago. This mm-hmm. is in another state, and it turns out, oh shit, it's that guy. Yeah. And it's this, uh, you know, the creator of the show, like, yes, he had a tragedy in his life, and it was probably put upon to host the show, but he also had the coolest voice to host yeah. a show like this. <laughs> if you've seen this man, call this number. Yeah. John Walsh. And, and uh, just canceled after a while and then moved to Lifetime. Moved to Lifetime for its last year in, uh, what, 2011 to 2012, I believe. Why do ladies like scaring themselves so much? (laughs) Why do people like horror movies? I guess. This was in the transition to, they're not just like uh, TLC, just like Mm -hmm. uh, any of these channels. It's not really Lifetime anymore. It's not television. I think think the Women's Entertainment Network just changed. It's not Women's Entertainment anymore. We're just we. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh yeah, we, yeah. In addition to the Paramount Network. That bugs the hell out of me. (laughs) The Dumont Network. Uh, But uh, I, one thing I want to mention about John Walsh is uh, when I was a kid reading comic books in the early to mid 2000s, he teamed up with the Outsiders, uh, and his Pony photo, boy? his <laughs> no, <laughs> the the comic book team, the Outsiders, which uh, originally was a team led by Batman in the 80s and 70s, uh, was later on led by Nightwing. And the idea of the Outsiders is we're not firemen, we're detectives. Like we're gonna mm-hmm. go and solve the crimes before they happen. And Batman was against that. He's like, no, don't do that. They have to commit a crime before you can stop them. And Nightwing's like, no, fuck that. If they're gonna murder someone, I'm gonna stop them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at one point, he br- Nightwing brings in John Walsh to help them oh my find God. the. <laughs> Kid. A kid gets kidnapped, and, and he explains it. That's how I know all this. He explains in the comic book, like, John Walsh's son was kidnapped, which led to him creating America's Most Wanted. And on the cover of the book is, like, a regular outsiders. They're all, like, doing a pose, you know, Metamorpho and Nightwing. And then just a photo of John Walsh is on <laughs> wow. the cover. Uh, but I remember it being, it was a good comic, so that issue probably was yeah, John was John Walsh might have the most productive coping mechanism for trauma Absolutely, yeah. yeah. 20, Better than Batman. 25 seasons. That's, yeah, because you know, <laughs> I'm sure that a lot of the guys he caught, he didn't just put right back out on the street. Yeah, like he Batman probably didn't, did. he didn't cripple and brutalize and leave them on the steps of the police station. The mentally yeah. ill. Yeah. So that they can just be re-released because there's no evidence. Why is this guy here, Batman? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm tired of doing your job. Yeah. Yes. You just left a note on that said, from the from your friend, the bat. Yeah. Uh, so and then, I found that the opening night wow, promo, really? the promo into this first yeah. episode, and it is so early Fox in that I mean it's still kind of, it's kind of current Fox in that the fear mongering is mm. out of control there's a guy getting attacked mm. by a bear and then a bunch of people go woo 
<laughs> Tonight, America just may be a safer place. America's most wanted. Television's first weekly manhunt is a new weapon in the battle against crime. And it's sending America's most wanted rapists, robbers, and murderers back to jail. Host John Walsh, whose six-year-old son Adam was brutally murdered, leads this crusade against crime. David James Roberts, sentenced to death for the arson murders of the Patrick family, who returned home to find him inside waiting for them. During transport, Roberts used a Derringer to overpower guards and fled. Then, America's most wanted went after him. Your phone tips led the FBI to David James Roberts' hideout. Damn, damn. Uh, oh, and they arrested yeah. David Bowie? Oh no! <laughs> and uh, yeah, and wow! I'm glad you found that clip. That's yeah, that's, yeah, that's so dope. Um, that's it for TV this week. But uh, it, two really huge Smothers Brothers and America's Most Wanted. Two two huge institutions of television. But yeah. that ain't it for games. Uh, I have an interesting tale with this game. I love it so Ooh. dearly. Can you guess it? Diana, can you guess it um, from the sound effect? <laughs> from the image on the screen. Yeah, from the giant image on the screen. The RC Pro-Am. Woo. RC Pro-Am, a really, really good game. Prime uh, Ninja Baseball, whatever the Opportunity Hunger Force is. Uh, but a little, a little isometric racing game starring RC cars, but really, really good and kind of mm-hmm. one of the most creative and advanced racers that had ever been on the Nintendo Entertainment System. So I have a question. What up? If you're playing it on a video game, what is the difference between an RC car and a <laughs> I car? I know. You should see the commercial for it. The commercial, it has like live action RC cars and like, dude, this could have been like Mad Max's car. Yeah. This could have been a semi truck with a machine gun. You have missiles in the game, Uh, but it's really, really good. But it's also, uh, I think, the first great signs showing of the developer Rare. Rare, who Mm -hmm. Nintendo would eventually acquire because they made so many of their best games on the NES. Uh, But I have that Rare replay collection. The Spectrum stuff, I don't care about and wish was dead. All their all their Nintendo associations are really, really, really good. Uh, but RC Pro, yeah, I remember I got an NES. I told that story in another podcast. My father bought me my first video game in Christmas of 2017. Didn't like games, didn't support the idea of me playing games. Mother, I could get to cave. But my uncle, the second I got an, a Nintendo, my parents were like, we're not getting you any more games. We got you the Nintendo. That's all you get, Mario and Duck Hunt. Mm-hmm. My uncle, being a cool uncle... He just says, uh, here, here's this. I asked the guy at the at Kmart what's the coolest, what's the best game for the Nintendo Entertainment System. At least at RC Pro-Am? And he handed me RC Pro-Am. Wow, that's interesting. And uh, I couldn't wrap my head around it. And I couldn't I couldn't it. as a kid either. The, mm-hmm. the idea of like turning left and then your car is upside down and you yes. just have to keep hitting left to turn to, to turn right. It's a lost just, art form, the isometric yeah. uh, racing game. And then like that that fear as a kid and that like not a, that, like my brain doing too much math and overheating. Mm-hmm. Like to have that come back in Mario Odyssey mm-hmm. when you're also doing an RC mm-hmm. car. Like that, I just all these memories of like because the was was the arcade game also RC Pro-Am the one with the wheel. There's another there's like off road. Maybe it was off road. Super off road. Uh, it yeah. might have been rare I too. Might have been yeah. And, but there's another game just like that in arcades. So mm-hmm. which was even worse. I'm in front of people like uh, I don't know what yeah, I'm doing. Yeah, it, it was a little confusing. And I traded in for Mickey Mousecapade. Um, you fucked up. I did. You Capcom's fucked up. Mickey Mousecapade. That game sucks. Horrible, horrible game. <laughs> yeah. What is a nightmare of a game? It just foreshadowed so many bad things. And Ooh, I traded great in, episode of Game Grumpy. Turned it in, but then it, it would eventually become one of my favorite games. That and Cobra Triangle for its isometric race style, weapon power ups. It's more than just a racing game. Mm-hmm. Really, really neat. And, and, and that genre had not been my 
mind to death at that point. Cobra Triangle sounds like one of the game, one of the movies that Dirk Diggler would make. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess they have a dick and a vagina in the, in the name <laughs> itself. Um, music of night. <laughs> Anna just huffed. Um, oh, she's leaving. <laughs> music of 1988. New releases. Lita by Lita Ford. Space yeah. Wrangler. The debut album of Widespread Panic. Who Killed the Jams uh, by Justified Ancients of Moo Moo and I'm Your Man by Leonard Cohen, mm. which includes Everybody Knows and First We Take Manhattan. Fuck yes. Damn. And it would I would go with either Lita Ford's mm-hmm. uh, Kiss Me Deadly, which is mm-hmm. a fucking great song, mm-hmm. or either the Len- anything off the Leonard Cohen album, because it's an amazing album. But they're not number one this week, because we do have a new number one, and I like it so much that we're going to play that. Wow. Uh, the number one being Need You Tonight by NXS. Yay. A lot of dead people in these new ones. Yeah, that's, that's a couple of big names. Uh, anyway, we will I be like back. This song's so much fun. This song's great. NXS will take us out of 1988 as we move into 1998, so stay right there, people. Coming in with Janet Jackson's Together Again, number one this week on the charts. Uh, accompanying new releases by Mark Hollis, his self-titled debut, Strange Angels by Kristen Hirsch, and Yield by Pearl Jam, yeah. which happens to lay claim to my favorite music video of all time. Which one? Uh, Todd McFarlane animated Do the Evolution. Oh, hell yeah. It's Pearl Jam's oh. first music video in like five years. I'm not even a huge Pearl Jam fan. It's just that video is so good. I don't even, like I know that song, mm-hmm. but I don't think of the music at all I think of that woman dancing that woman the, dancing the dinosaurs and the planes bombing babies dinosaurs. being stamped with UPC <laughs> labels on their foreheads oh my god that's Whoa. look that video up it's tentacle buildings amazing. ripping up uh, yeah. ripping up uh, yeah dinosaurs it's really cool anytime you look into music videos tend to have like the best animation you've ever seen mm-hmm. because it's three minutes and costs if they still, because it's a commercial yeah they put the same amount of money into it as like a 30 minute mm-hmm. episode of a, of a cartoon uh, so they always look Incredible, and that's one of the best. When you look up like best animated music videos, it's mm-hmm. always number one. Yeah, and they Pearl Jam refused to make music videos after the fallout of Jeremy, and mm-hmm. they said they'd never make one again. And like, all right, if Todd McFarlane wants to animate one, and we don't have to do shit. Yeah, there's like not even a Pearl Jam reference in it. Like the yield sign from the cover gets dinged by a bullet in a <laughs> less than a second <laughs> shot. Like, yeah, that's like the very, that's how it starts, right? Yeah. Oh, Christ! I, gotta, I can't oh. wait to show Diana this video. Ooh, God damn! Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of the things right that after this. sucks about '90s music videos is that like. They were just commercials for right then, and no one was like thinking about preserving them for the future. So, oh, like, it's not an HD anymore. That and like U2's Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me. Mm-hmm. Not a great song, but a cool animation like you can song. only see in 200p, mm-hmm. like encoded on a YouTube video. It sucks, but Do the so Evolution like is a great on video. The, it's probably ripped from the Batman yep. DVD or but something. Even the official yeah. Devo. I think I had to like fi- end up finding a version of the Pearl Jam video on Vimeo, but I, I love it. I've showcased it as much as I can. It's awesome. Ooh. We are in 1998, people. February 2nd. Uh, through the 8th. We got a little bit of news. Oh, man. February 3rd, Carla Faye Tucker executed in Texas, the first in the U.S. for 14 years. What? First woman executed first... for 14 years. Wow. Only the second woman executed since the death penalty was reinstated. 
the first woman executed in Texas since the Civil War. Wow. Uh, and a lot of people, even Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich, the Pope, everyone said she completely reformed. She had killed two people during a robbery. She, you know, embraced Jeebus, and she's a really, <laughs> really good person now. We should commute her sentence to life. And George W. Bush, I'm him, get her. himself I'm get a born-again, <laughs> says, fuck it, and they kill her. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like, no, nah, that only works if you do cocaine. I mean, if you were Those are the sins you forget, living uh, in murder. Texas and Florida around this time, like I was, there mm. were dueling bushes trying to <laughs> seemingly trying to set a record of how many people they could murder in a prison. And it was, I think, I don't think it'll ever ever get higher than those days. Yeah. Um, uh, tank chip got another one. Yes, I got him. Uh, February fifth. This is just so wonderful. This is awesome. <laughs> Judas Priest, Rob Halford comes out of the closet. What yes. just wonderful. Mazel tov. Uh, I pissed off a lot of dumb white boys. Oh, I love that uh, all those just all as those much as a Star Wars metalhead hayseeds, like just like looking down at themselves and like that's why I'm wearing a leather hat and spikes around my neck. <laughs> this whole look was defined by a gay man. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> for years you didn't even know you were dressing like a gay man. This is so funny. Fucking uh, priest rules. And Judas Priest yeah. is amazing, and Rob Halford is amazing, and it's Inspired that awful movie Rockstar uh, with yeah. Mark Wahlberg. Um, <laughs> Man, I was looking at that movie up recently because uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of discourse right now about if Mark Wahlberg is a box office draw because mm. he could demand a million. No, who would believe that? He's really not that I look into it. I'm like, oh, like almost nothing of his has mm-hmm. been sold on just his name. Mm-hmm. And the like most notable example I could really, there are a couple other examples, but like the biggest one I was like, oh yeah, Rockstar was like the Mark Wahlberg joint but, and also Jennifer Aniston. That movie bombed like crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And whatever, yeah. I, 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 when was the last time I saw a Mark Wahlberg movie? Maybe The Happening. Oh, pain and gain. Fine. You didn't see uh, all the money in the world. No, don't. It's boring. No, I'm a huge Kevin Spacey fan. I can't tolerate it. Oh yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> that's why I saw it. I was like, let's see, see how they fucked this up. Um, Chris Plummer, who's that? Also, on February 6th, Washington National Airport uh, renamed for Ronald Reagan. Boo! I can't believe I was that old. I, I, I've never called it anything but Reagan ever since. Yeah, it's Reagan National. Most wow. people call it Reagan or Reagan National. I refuse. I will only call it National because. He fired all the air traffic controllers. <laughs> don't make the new air traffic controllers say his name every day. That's mean. You don't like Gipper the Strike Breaker? No. no. Um, Boo. Moving into movies of 1998, February 2nd through the 8th, Titanic is number one. Um, oh, yeah. Yes. Get used to it. Um, the 18th Angel? I never heard of what this. What the hell is this? And it looks insane. It's got a weird cast. Ah. I've, I've never heard of it. It's sort of part of the... the it's very late 90s. Um, it, along with, like, what's it called? The Prophecy or Stigmata. These sort okay. of, like, super... End of days. End of, yeah, these sort of supernatural, biblical thrillers. Mm-hmm. But this is just... I think they're, like, building fake bodies to put souls into, and then they have to be 18 angels, and that will start the end of the world. Is this post-dogma? No, pre-dogma, pre-dogma, but but maybe yeah. I. No, it's ninety nine. I'm positive. Yeah. Um, I, I'm positive. I just don't know if it was held up because of Disney not wanting to release it because of. Uh, yeah. Um, um, the, but it's a very very late nineties trailer. Um, Rachel E. Cook, Christopher Christopher Chris McDonald, McDonald, and Tucci Gang, Tucci yeah. Gang, Tucci Gang, Tucci Gang. Shooter McGavin and Tucci um, Gang, Tucci Gang. The Tucci. Tucci is loose. Between the world we know. Tell me where she is. She's achieving perfection in the world. We can only imagine. Satan will no longer be beast, but beauty lies the 18th angel. With flesh and blood. Then let it spill. (laughs) This looks terrible. This looks ridiculous. This looks terrible. 
It looks is that who the old awful. Game was? Yeah. Okay, I didn't recognize. And this it. is so weird. I remember seeing this. This was pretty huge. The next movie on our list, The yeah. Replacement Killers. Um, Chow Yun Fat, Mira Sorvino, Michael Rooker, uh, Mary Poppins, Joel, Michael Rooker. Mm-hmm. Um, Chow Yun Fat's U.S. debut. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And they they sell that. That that's all the trailers. They barely meant like the very end. They're like an Academy Award winner, Mira Sorvino. Anyway. <laughs> and this was again interesting time in the wake of Jackie Chan and like mm-hmm. discovering this foreign star and like oh man he has so many movies to exploit hell yeah he was in China he was the new Jackie Chan he yeah. even, even took up at least one role but that prettier. was played by Jackie Chan but prettier he was. Um, was prettier all over the world the laws of physics are the same <laughs> for every action there's an equal reaction now, Chow Yun Fat is about to change the rules. He's a dangerous man in a dangerous world where the fastest way to die is to refuse to kill. <gasps> oh, he doesn't pull the trigger on that little boy. The replacement killers, everyone. <laughs> I don't remember a fucking thing about this, um, and I know I saw it. I'm sure, it's red. I <laughs> I remember it was very over stylized because it's mm-hmm. early Anton Fuqua who mm. did uh, Training Day and mm-hmm. the most recent uh, Magnificent Seven, who's a good director but mm-hmm. was very music video starting out. Well, I think and mm-hmm. seemingly, it looks very John Wooey. Yeah, I believe like, he produced it. Yeah. Okay, oh, so okay. it looks it and, looks to and be you have to cool. if you got Chow, man, to you, deliberately you, you, try and reproduce gotta, the John yeah. Wu style. I didn't see any doves, but there's a lot of pornographic shots of bullets, guy yeah. putting on sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> so so many against. I feel bad. Chow's never had a good western movie yeah he never like, really caught on like it's no. cool when he's in stuff like he was in a Pirates of the Caribbean movie yeah and he was super wasted and I was, was. fucking mad the most yeah, expensive was, movie ever made didn't he like yeah. die in the first 10 minutes or something? he, he, the, he doesn't do anything cool I was so happy like Chinese pirates oh my god a chicken fits there yeah. And they don't yeah. do anything. So you're gonna, you're willing to go on record to say you're not a fan of Dragon Ball Evolution uh, <laughs> so I was gonna bring that up to an action Dragon Ball movie well, <laughs> no, no, that movie's fucking terrible. I've never sat through it. That movie's terrible. I went. Oh my god! I I uh, never. I'll, I'll we, tell we, the story we watched it uh, to, to it torture up. ourselves and to torture us ourselves further. We left that like um, fake frame rate thing on a TV that you usually turn off. <laughs> like oh, no. so, we're watching it like 120 frames a second to make uh, it even worse. So it looks like a Mexican soap opera. Yeah, it looked like a low resolution PSP game the whole uh, time. Like because you did shitlord so much, yeah. you just built up such a tolerance to mm-hmm. bad movies. You have to freebase by adding I more. Did. <laughs> Things. Like, what if we put nails veins. in our dick, Grim? What if we did this? Hey, great Nintendo employee, Grim. What if we? Look what if we this. sat on these hot, hot bars? Uh, but a movie I've sadly seen. Speaking of sitting on hot bars oh. with a nail in your dick, <laughs> I have seen this movie probably fifty times. Uh, Get I, out! I am no. s- such a huge fan of 1980s The Blues Brothers. Me yeah. too. Oh, sweet God! And I discovered it as a teenager because you know, I wasn't oh. even born when the movie came out, and it became my favorite comedy movie so funny mm-hmm. yeah. and this movie's fucking terrible and sad Blues and, Brothers 2000 and it, it'll Sequel. be like, like when the last boomer dies there'll just be a picture of Blues Brothers 2000 like, <laughs> just to embody everything that that means my hubris uh, but play, play part of it oh. and then we'll talk about it on February 6th from Universal Pictures The Blues 
Blues are back. I'm getting the band back together. The last time they played anywhere, they were charged with grand larceny, felonious motor vehicle assault, and damages in excess of $20 million. And you are asking me if I want to join this band? I could show you all the moves. My God! Help us! And this is Mighty Mac, <sighs> the new lead singer in the band. What did, what did George Carlin say? Like, nothing sadder than walking in a house of blues and watching a fat white dude blow into a harmonica <laughs> mm. and pl- trying to play black songs. Like, it's, I don't know, like, this doesn't hold up very well to further generations. No, and it's partially this movie's fault. A lot of uh, vehicles are flying around in this trailer. Mm-hmm. Who let John Landis do that again? <laughs> um, so blues- I mean, this is sort of lucky for John Landis because he wasn't really directing much around this time anyway. No, he was not Because allowed- he directed the original. He was booted out of Hollywood for being a murderer. Mm. Uh, so this movie sucks. This is yes. a crazy bad movie for so many reasons. John but- Belushi has been dead since 1982, so they recast John Belushi in the form of Joe Morton, John Goodman, and John a child. Goodman. And a child. A child who lives people in the had trunk- Try and trace, replace John uh, John Belushi. It Ugh. is ridiculous. This movie it used to play on Comedy Central Ugh. like three times a day, and I would just put leave it on because it's so crazy that there's voodoo magic in it. Oh, so yeah. it ties from in. Erica Badu. Erica Badu. <laughs> yeah, yes. yes. everything with voodoo magic. So it ties in with Serpent and the Rainbow. Uh, <laughs> again, they add John Goodman and a child, and the child lives in the trunk of their car where he's got a little TV and like a couch and stuff. He's like super, he's got a little tiny apartment. He's you could cut him out. There's no reason. Yeah, for him he to be wears there. sneakers with his suit. There's uh, no no point. So <clears throat> they fool people by putting by making giant shaving cream faces that they mm. they run around a diner in because somebody there knows their faces and wants to arrest them and they act like he's got an allergic reaction that makes his head a giant. Uh, and he puts the hat and the glasses on top of it. Uh, so here's it. Save yourself the trouble of Blues <laughs> Brothers 2000. Watch the original Blues Brothers, obviously, mm-hmm. or watch it slowed down 60. percent That's what this movie feels mm. like. Yeah, every. Every number feels slow. Everything feels like, oh, yeah, dad's hip hurts, but I guess we'll rock now. Like, everything, like, even the music, when they start playing, you know, I can't turn you loose. All of a sudden, it's... It's so weird. Such a sad movie. So, yeah. It's so sad. Here's how, you know, it's bad. I was reviewing movies at this point where I was... They were doing... I was getting into critic screenings, mm-hmm. and this was scheduled. Oh, no. And then stopped. They canceled nationwide the day before <laughs> the scheduled screening. They, oh, they only did that for one other movie that I reviewed, and that was The Postman. Ooh. Wow. Wow. Yeah. wow. So when that. I, that happened, I was like, oh. I don't want to call this movie worse than The Postman. It's like, I knew this was not going to be very good, but I was hopeful at least there'd be some good performances. Mm-hmm. And they do have amazing, guest stars, amazing yeah. guest stars. I was about to bring that up, yes. And mm-hmm. I don't feel like they get to do what they need to no. do. Even Blue Frank Blue Oz Traveler. returns as the warden. Frank Oz yeah. is back. Blues Traveler's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, so as, as we've learned, uh, I am very forgiving uh, of mm-hmm. movies that have like exciting dance sequences mm-hmm. or even mm-hmm. just like just a ton of people doing the same movement mm-hmm. like get something out of me because it's not rubbery white CGI sure. guys flying around a cartoon environment choreography so it, there, it moves me now it didn't yes, used to exactly so yeah. there are some pretty cool uh, dance and music mm-hmm. musical sequences in this movie they're not all great it can't mm-hmm. compare to people doing backflips in front of James Brown in a church scene exactly, or, yeah. or that Aretha Franklin street scene in the original like just this filthy fucking New York street she comes back mm-hmm. too and like all these people standing in the background she does come back but it's like 
I don't know. There's something else symbolic about the original Blues Brothers, a time and a place. It's it feels very 70s, even though it was really released in the 1980s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just filthy New York sequences, uh, Chicago sequences. I you love. You ever played the yeah. N64 game? Yes, I have. What? Because because it's I, a Nintendo 64. My game. dad oh my got me into SNL, and he loved the Blues Brothers. And I remember I don't remember why, but one year the Disney Channel, when it was still a premium network, it was in a free preview, and they're like, you know, we got Disney Channel exclusively to us all the Blues Brothers content. So some... What? For some reason, the mid-90s, there was some value... Max? to I, Well, I think because boomer nostalgia was kicking in, so they were reselling albums. John... Uh, Dan Aykroyd was taking it out on tour. He, House of Blues is... found Its foundation is in the Blues Brothers. And a lot of Disney Channel stuff at the time was like old old Disney, stuff we, old Disney it's footage. where I first saw Planet of the Apes yeah the wow. Disney Channel uh, they, yeah. they would even show the old like uh, the Florida Project mm-hmm. experimental mm-hmm. prototypes like that kind of stuff they would show like Walt standing in a boardroom and you but know if cool. you've never heard of the company Titus they probably lasted five years longer than they would have because of the Blues Brothers license it's on some of the most platforms it's at a Super Nintendo a regular Nintendo <laughs> an N64 <laughs> game it was one of their one of their major pieces of their the of their company game came out like years later, right? And yeah, and I think a kid your age would have been fucking mystified well, by that. I, like, I remember seeing magazine ads and be like, "What is this?" Yeah. Like I had no, I was like, "What? Just two dudes in suits like in an NC? What?" And I had no idea what the Blues Brothers. This is the first Blues Brothers content I ever mm-hmm. saw. I, I had oh not, my. of course, I was like eight, so I didn't mm. see the original. But to this day, one of my favorite jokes is. Uh, who's your favorite blues brother? Mine's John Goodman. <laughs> like, I, I love doing that to people. Uh, and I love John Goodman. I want to always love John, John Goodman. Goodman. I love Joe Morton. They both sing. They're both great. Mm-hmm. <sighs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's the same movie, but there's not a part of it. It's worse. And there's a part of it to me now that just rings as sad. Yes. Yes. Like a bunch of like Landis and Aykroyd not really getting the work they used to and they trying get to get the band Lady. back together. Couldn't even get her. No. Well, I think he was they were date that she was dating Belushi or something at the yeah, time. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's the only reason she's she man, she's cool as Princess Leia, but watch her blow up an entire building with a rocket launcher <laughs> in the Blues Brothers. And the way John Belushi falls through the floor of that building is one of the funniest <laughs> one of the fucking takes like I've ever seen. God damn, I love the Blues Brothers. That's, there's so much stuff in that original movie of just John Belushi like with a camera on him. Like, does he even know he's being recorded? <laughs> yes, just falling <laughs> so down the stairs and breaking a chair. It's yeah. great. Um, but yeah, we got to move out of movie, sadly, because uh, there's a bunch TV. of cool TV. Uh, again, I want to bring up Batman. Uh, again, this is a 92 episode they're just re-airing on Kids WB mm-hmm. but this episode is a huge Diana will deal love this, this Diana time. you'll enjoy I, this I know this episode oh, you know this one okay oh, cool oh yeah so uh, this is the episode Beware the Grey Ghost where Bruce Wayne teams up with an actor from his childhood who had a TV show called The Grey Ghost where the actor we basically learn uh, much like in the comics Bruce Wayne modeled himself uh, largely on Zorro because that's mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. film he was going to see with his parents when his parents were killed uh, in this show he basically modeled himself on the 60's Batman show but it like was a, called like The Grey Ghost or something. It was, yeah, it was, it, was, it was the spirit. It was the Green Hornet. It was all mm. those things. He's got like a hat and a mask and a gas gun, I think, which would be very Green Hornet. So uh, let's hear, let's see a clip of Bruce Wayne kind of explaining that to the guy played by a very cool actor. Yes, the important, the biggest, important piece of the puzzle is who's playing the Grey Ghost on uh, the Batman show. As a kid, I used to watch you with my father. The Grey Ghost was my hero. So it wasn't all for nothing. R.I.P. Adam West. I saw this come up a lot when Adam West passed away. People Mm -hmm. talking about like how this meant a lot to them, and they they Mm -hmm. hoped it meant a lot to him too. He's amazing in it. To you know 
pass on the mantle and be not not so joked about in his Batman work, but like given shown some respect. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. no, it's and I, I I don't know if this is the right show to say that, but it, it does get me all misty as a little kid with no cable in a small town, and you get like five channels, and it's like all judge and farm shows, and then there's <laughs> one reprieve every single day and it's two episodes of the 1966 Batman that lets you know you <laughs> might like this medium called television even though there's not a lot of evidence outside of Saturday morning mm-hmm. I was in love with Batman I was it wasn't camp it wasn't cheese it was just who I thought Batman was and I loved it I, and- I was introduced to superheroes through Adam West and I love this episode for bringing that for because like this inspired me to read comics yeah. Like I, I, I was already watching soup. I, I love the seventy Superman movies. I would rent them as a kid, but Adam West inspired me to read comics. Yeah, and it's it's also um, it's so the villain I can't be trying, the only one. The villain they're trying to catch is using uh, like toys and and he's basically using as we've mentioned boomer nostalgia, mm-hmm. which is how they go get the gray ghost because he's mm-hmm. using like gray ghost stuff. Uh, he's called the Mad Bomber. So it's another one bombs of many many cartoons where a guy uses bombs, and suddenly, uh oh, we can't show this a lot of places because oh. real people are using bombs, uh, including uh, your Ted Kaczynski's mm. and your 911ers and mm. things like that. Um, but the villain, the Mad Bomber, uh, Ted Dimer, is modeled off of and played by Bruce Tim. Wow. Which is really cool. So if you watch it, it's funny because it's a very funny character of Bruce Tim with like a giant forehead and the a receding hairline. creator of, of Batman. Yes, the, the co-creator <laughs> with, with Paul Dini of uh, mm-hmm. that whole universe, yeah. really. Uh, it's just fantastic. And then we also have on the sixth, the Boy Meets World episode, Heartbreak Corey, mm. which uh, let's hear a clip from that from TGIF. I lied about my ankle today so I could stay at the lodge. Why would you want to stay at the lodge? Well, I met an interesting person that I like talking to. Lauren. You lied to me so you could spend time with another girl? <gasps> you cheated on Topanga? With time? With oh. Linda Cardellini. With Lord- okay. It was worth a shot. You, had, you gotta try. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you try. Yeah. You so gotta try. The Boy Meets World gang uh, are staying at a ski lodge, and Corey hurts his foot and <laughs> pretends to stay hurt so he can hang out with Linda Cardellini and does kiss her, mm-hmm. which he does not tell Topanga. Oh, no. So he, he comes clean to Topanga, but because of Sean telling him, like, don't, like, Sean's like, okay, I can't stop you from being Corey, mm-hmm. but do not fucking tell Topanga Lawrence, of all people, that you kiss someone else. That will go real bad. And then uh, he doesn't. He comes half clean. Mm-hmm. But Linda Cardellini gives him a note just to be like, hey, you know, I'll miss you. Like, it's kind of like one of the, it's a very nice scene because he tells Linda Cardellini, like, I can't stay here with you. I have to go. I have to stay with Topanga. That note falls out of his pocket and Topanga <gasps> finds it. Oh, no. And this is when they finally break up. And it's, <gasps> it's a huge through line throughout this season. I, I have a question mm-hmm. uh, spinning off from a conversation last week. Mm-hmm. Is this narrated by Daniel Stern's brother? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's funny. Damn. Uh, no, but there are pl- there's uh, one episode where... They go to the set of a show called like Dude Meets Planet or something. Like they get invited to basically see a TJF show, and wow. all the actors are the actors on the show playing other characters. Wow. And I'm pretty sure the director is Fred Savage in that episode because wow. you know Corey's played by Ben Savage, his brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, he was, play- but on the show he's played by Ben Sandwich. <laughs> Wow. Very, that's very confusing. That's very <laughs> yeah. clever if you're pressed for time. Um. <laughs> yeah, if you make a show that you write uh, within a month in the yeah. air. 
and then on February 6th, Power Rangers and Space debuts. We have a whole yeah. episode about Power Rangers. People want to Laser Time out. does, yes. Yeah. About the weird they're history of Power Rangers. Already? Yeah. Yep, they're in space. Uh, they're always while. in space. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't they? The movie's in space. Um, um, I don't know anything about that, but uh, we do have fans of the show who are big Power Rangers yeah, fans and, and actually do message us and like, hey, it was cool that you even mentioned Power Rangers because people make fun of it. Uh, it like, was it was a big part of my childhood, but you know, for those who don't know, like it's Saban Entertainment licensing Japanese footage and shooting American scenes around it. Yeah, mm-hmm. putting and, Archie ass and in Japan, Power Rangers isn't a kids show; it's an everybody show. Yeah, it's just it's a, a long running phenomenon. Uh, here, we tend to treat Power Rangers like a kids show, and I was astounded—not astounded, but like you might be surprised to learn how many people in America don't treat Power Rangers like a kid's show. Yeah. Uh, it was a huge part of my childhood. They watch it the same as a Sentai show. Yeah. Just watch it. Because when you do watch old Power Rangers clips, it re- it's, oh, those are two dudes in suits hitting each other. Yeah. It's the same it's thing fun. I said about choreography earlier. Like, I am more excited by watching a guy in a suit do anything mm-hmm. than I am watching any CGI Thor do whatever. Like, uh, a computer did that. I've watched that clip. After you watch the Do the Evolution Pearl Jam video, Diana, mm-hmm. watch the modern Power Rangers where their theme is now trains. Trains? Yeah. It is, it is a transfixing <laughs> sequence that I've watched at least seven times. It's mm-hmm. a, it's incredible. But then on February 7th, uh, the Silver Surfer debuts. Yeah. Which only, so just as Spider-Man leaves, we get a Silver Surfer show. It only runs for one season of 13 episodes. It's, it's one of those things I wish I could recreate as an adult. Like being a little kid, tuning in on Saturday morning, and with no provocation and no advertising, just, uh, I love Silver Surfer, and here is his cartoon pilot. And the, the show wouldn't, come on for like another few months but just in the middle yeah, of Saturday morning weird. unannounced here's Sil- what mm-hmm. my mind is blown I love Silver Surfer let's play this uh, quick clip and I'll, I'll talk about it for a oh, second oh I hope that's what I think it is once on a planet of wisdom known as Zenla there lived a man of nobility and courage now a new being lives in his stead. behold the Silver Surfer so this show, much like uh, the Bruce Timm shows, like a Batman or a Superman, wasn't going for just a kid's show. They are trying to adapt. Like Jim Starlin, the not the creator it's, of Silver it's Surfer. It's really memorable because it's played very serious. It's super serious, mm-hmm. and it's going for it's going to really adapt the comics, particularly the Starlin stuff. He's mm-hmm. basically the he didn't create Silver Surfer or Galactus, but to me, he's the guy that he's the guy that made the Silver Surfer that I like mm-hmm. uh, even more than Jack Kirby or Stan Lee. Uh, he he's the guy who basically was the architect of Cosmic Marvel. So the mm-hmm. big huge film we have coming out in a couple yeah, months, Thanos, all that stuff. Yeah, Th- he created Thanos. He wrote Infinity Gauntlet. He wrote. I recently read uh, all of Infinity Gauntlet, mm-hmm. including all the tie-ins, which includes like thirty Silver Surfer issues written by him, mm-hmm. which I had never really read before, and are like mm-hmm. some of the best comics, especially from that period. I've read in a long time. I was amazed by how much I enjoyed so those. So it looks like the Fantastic Four popped up on this. The Fantastic Four pop up. They're very ti- who also had a show yeah. around the same time. They're uh, very tied into the Silver Surfer by a Galactus. Right. Yes, right. the Silver Surfer's first appearance, which I also read recently. I saw that terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> I've He's never seen that of, film. Of Galactus, and that's it's heartbreaking because you see like. I forget the character's name, Aurora? No, it's not him. But his original planet, before his whole planet dies and he becomes Silver Surfer, you see him in his human, non-silver form. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of, it felt pretty heavy to be on a Saturday morning cartoon at that time. But the X-Men and Spider-Man were already doing that. The clip I wanted to play was all the wonderful crossovers that come about once you're on the Fox Net, the Fox channel. Mr. Surfer, (laughs) have you ever considered propane as an alternative energy source for that board of yours? With a little retooling, I could get it to work. Tell you what I'm going to do. Being that you're my neighbor and I like you, I'm going to give you the new neighbor discount and a free T-shirt. 
So what do you say? Take a ride on the Cosmic Tide on an all-new Silver Surfer. Next, as Fox Kids Heads for the Hills continues. Just think, with repeat business like that, I could eventually be supplying propane. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. just zooming around the background with a propane with a propane tank, tank on, on this. On this <laughs> the, the board that is powered by the Power Cosmic, propane is a better fuel source. I never get tired of just this. Mr. Surfer? Mr. Surfer? <laughs> Were you trying to remember his name a second ago? Is that what you Yes. Oh, Noren Rad is the okay. Surfer's name. Uh, mm. What a weird thing to promote King of the Hill to the kid, Fox Kid. Like, what are they what? trying to do there? I think they just lined up Mike Judge to help promote it. Yeah, I don't know why you would do that. Mike Judge is very game for that stuff. Mm. Uh, uh, Hank Hill's been on The Simpsons mm-hmm. and Family Guy, and he made those those commercials with John Kay, mm. which, which is kind of a bummer that he's teamed up with John Kay for so long, but hmm. they also like interviewed each other for Wild Cartoon Kingdom in the 90s. Mm. But he's always cool to send that stuff out there. But check out The Silver Surfer Show. It's all super easy to find. It's got a fully CG Galactus in it, mm. uh, very serious stories. It pulls in the Fantastic Four and stuff. But then on the seventh, we have winter. The Winter Olympics open in Nagano, Japan. Mm. Mm. I don't yep. remember anything about that. Nope. I don't either. If you don't, it turns out if you don't hit a lady in the knee with something, I'm probably not going to watch the Winter Olympics. Ooh, go see Itania nope. in theaters now. <laughs> yep. Good film. Uh, but in moving into games of 1998, the only notable one I could find was James Bond 007, which I hadn't really heard. It wasn't on my radar, but it seems For to be the, the remnants of Nintendo's publishing deal with the James Bond license. Uh-huh. We had GoldenEye 64. It changed the it changed the, the entire medium. It's really good. Everyone remembers it fondly. I've never played it, but the, the cover is... is I've seen that mm-hmm. a million times. It like, looks I'm, pretty half-assed. It yeah. looks like they put out... It's, the, it's, it's the not at all sequence. like GoldenEye. It's just a shitty little side-scroller. Yeah, it looks like a crappy Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Maybe. It's, it looks bad. That's the only notable thing I could come as far as game releases. Uh, but let's take us out of 1998, because we got to get in 2008, people. February 2nd through the 8th. Uh, we will see you in 2008. But to take you out, how about a little Aretha Franklin think yeah. from the Blues Brothers? Here it's done right, goddammit. Yeah. yeah. and all the ships at sea, it's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week February 2nd through 8th, uh, a couple interesting things to talk about. Um, 75 years ago this week, February 2nd, the Battle of Stalingrad ended uh, in a pretty crushing Nazi defeat. Uh, don't don't attack Russia. Just, just generally don't attack Russia with land troops. Uh, especially don't do it near winter unless you're the Mongols. They're the exception. Um, 10 points if you get that joke. Anyway, uh, there's a couple good movies about Stalingrad. I actually, I still support uh, Enemy at the Gates, uh, which you law, I think is a pretty good movie about that. If you're into incredibly depressing, crazy podcasts, uh, hardcore histories, uh, Ghosts of the Ost Front covers the, the whole Eastern Front uh, with uh, <clears throat> uh, the German attack on Russia, their plans, and then the Russian counterattack, pushing all the way to Berlin and ending the war, is devastating and incredibly well done. I hate to promote other podcasts to take up your time, but Hardcore History's Ghost of the Ost Front is incredible. Uh, anyway, also this week on a much 
weirder but lighter note. Uh, a couple days later, 1943, February 5th, uh, Howard Hughes' Notorious the Outlaw is released. Sort of, kind of. He roadshowed it for a while. Um, this is a movie way more famous than it is good. Uh, it is built around Jane Russell and her shape, shall we say. Uh, he designed special bras for her to promote this shape, and it's a sort of a Billy the Kid western, um, but for something that's based around Jane Russell's incredible natural assets, it's also really weirdly crypto-gay, and I don't recommend watching it. It's it's not a good movie, but the poster's great, so if you want to watch something that's so odd, very odd, but Jane Russell was pretty awesome, uh, yeah, you can watch The Outlaw. I prefer in Gentlemen Prefer... I prefer her in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, um, where she actually, you know, gets to sing and dance and does comedy, and she's, she's really fun. So, uh, this was her debut 75 years ago this week, so, you know, I'm just gonna recommend Gentlemen... <clears throat> I'm just gonna recommend Gentlemen Prefer Blondes uh, as a Jane Russell movie. It's way fucking better than this one. Uh, and that's it for this week. Stay classic. Bringing you into 2008, February 2nd through the 8th, we have a little Jack Johnson. Uh, if I Had Eyes from Sleep to the Static, which debuts this week uh, in 2008. Low by Flow Rider and T-Pain is still number one, of course, but we also have new releases. Made in the Dark by Hot Chip. Wow, I haven't thought of Hot Chip in Hot years. Chip, yeah. uh, Dive Deep uh, by Moor Chiba. Mm -hmm. uh, time Stand Still by the Hooters. Uh, it is Time for a Love Revolution by Lenny Kravitz. Detours by Sheryl Crow. Satisfied by Taylor Dane. And Simple Plans' eponymous debut. Don't have any notable news in 2008, but we can jump you right into the movies that were released between February 2nd and February 6th. February 8th, excuse me. Jesus Christ, what a dumb one to start out with. <laughs> uh, celebrity gone too far. We have The Hottie and the Naughty. Is this a National Lampoon's joint? No. No? No. This is, uh, Not even good enough for 2008 National Lampoon. Paris Hilton's The Hottie and the Naughty. Yeah. But the only way to get her... Hey, Cooper. ...is to get past... You remember June? Her. Uh. Yes, who could forget June? It's a very well-known law of physics. The hotness of one girl is directly proportional to the ugliness of her best friend. <laughs> that... Is not true and makes no sense. <laughs> it doesn't no. make any sense at all, and it's just awful. And why is Hollywood collapsing now? Uh, Maybe because stuff really? like this was allowed to happen. Really, mm. uh, sexual misconduct in Hollywood. Mm. You, you don't say. With the hottie and the naughty out there, which is also clearly a hot girl dressed up to look. Yeah. By some weird textbook definition of ugly. Who is it? I couldn't tell. I can't. What I can't stand about Paris Hilton is not so much anything else about her but that when she she gets she got acting work mm -hmm. and doesn't even fucking try take no. a class no. there's people who've been preparing their whole life to be in a movie and you're not even trying she's oh my god not it's christine as... lakin from step by step <laughs> yeah she's not as bad as you would expect because mm -hmm. she doesn't have to do anything. anything just be pretty which you only 
technically aren't. Mm. God damn it. And to have like somebody's appearance judged by Joel David Moore, <laughs> star mm. of Dodgeball, Grandma's Boy, mm. yeah. Hottie and the Naughty. He looks like he looks like a, a like a slightly misshapen clone from that guy from the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, um, yeah. That's about right. <laughs> um also weirdly I have seen this. Um <laughs> Welcome Home Roscoe Jenkins, sorry Martin Lawrence, Margaret Avery, Joy Bryant and Louis CK. Going back home is never easy. My family they don't respect me. It's your family. You got the picnic tablecloth fans. Hey, boo-hoo, let me get another picnic basket. Prepare. Get that dog out of my kitchen. This ain't sanitary. To relate. I make no damn sense. Martin Lawrence. I'm about to strike you out, player. <laughs> mama! I hit my mama! They did knock the wig off and everything. Welcome home, Roscoe Jenkins. Boom. <laughs> Mike Epps in there as well. Wait, who else was in that movie? I, why did I watch that? I cannot remember. I don't know. You're probably on a plane. Yeah. You're probably home on Thanksgiving. And yeah, I'm, I'm, you know what? I always have a soft spot for Martin Lawrence. Yeah. I do, I do like several of his films. Uh, Cedric the Entertainer was also and, Oh, there. my God. This, this feels like forever ago. Mm-hmm. I never would have had to think about this movie again if not for this show. Uh, yep. Matthew McConaughey. This is true of everyone. Uh, and Kate Hudson in number one at the box office, though. Somehow. Fool's gold. If we don't go after that treasure, it's going to haunt us the rest of our lives, and you know it. You really think I'd lie about this? Why not? You're a liar. I mean, this is such an inappropriate time to dwell on that. So tell us about the treasure. It's $500 million worth of diamonds, rubies, and emeralds the size of your fist. Anyone going to find that treasure, it's going to be me. Don't even think about it. What? Don't want me. You know what? Uh-huh. Oh, and they They're make making up. out. Oh. Reconnaissance. Yeah. McConaughey. I remember uh, my friends and I being like, "This looks like crap," mm-hmm. but it's kind of the closest we'll get to Uncharted the movie. And we're we... like romancing the stone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two thousand. Yeah, we're like, let's go see it, and then we mm-hmm. didn't. <laughs> That's Please so watch Romancing the Stone instead. Oh yeah, uh, rules. But this movie, fantastic film, Heck, yes. uh, in Bruges. What is it you've done, Raymond? Murder, father. Why did you murder someone, Raymond? For money. Who did you murder for money, Raymond? You, father. I love this movie. It's, it makes sense so dire, but it's it's a comedy. Yeah, yeah it's totally a Martin comedy. McDonough. Martin uh, McDonough, director Kurt, of Three Billboards, which was one of my favorite movies of last year. Three Billboards is excellent because you love mm-hmm. white people. Well, I just love dark, <laughs> dark ass, yeah. horrible characters. Totally. I love that shit. Mm. Uh, this this movie put him on the map. This yep. movie's yep. freaking fantastic. It's hilarious. It's very dark. It's very actiony and fun. And it had uh, it even like had just a weird title, and that that gave it some some. Uh, some heat yeah because i saw it and didn't know how to pronounce it yeah, but in, in bruggies in bruggies a place in belgium that i don't have any relation with this you ever been there dude and no. so, that they keep calling like the worst shithole in europe maybe like it was called like in alabama yeah uh, here like, yeah. But, like oh nowhere place but, i like want to go to i mean part of the thing is that it's so quaint it's this yeah. quaint little dutch town you know with mm-hmm. these quaint little buildings and oh have you seen the tower we should climb up the tower that's the most exciting thing to do is let's time, <laughs> climb up the tower and look at how quaint everything mm-hmm. is also the idea a... we should throw two hitmen into like a bed and breakfast in the middle of this boring ass bullshit <laughs> is just adorable yes. with colin farrell and brendan gleason playing Brandon those characters um, Peter yeah. Dinklage isn't he also uh, Ray Fiennes no he's not in it you think of the three billboards it's Am the I? other there's another little person who looks a lot like Peter Dinklage oh I just assumed that probably he more European him. one Warwick Davis <laughs> no d- double check me though because <laughs> okay no seriously 
There's this. There's another little person actor who looks so much like Peter Dinklage that I used to get them. Jordan Prentice. Completely confused. That might. Huh. Um, yeah. Jordan, it was the was the guy in the Howard the Duck outfit. Whoa! Um, no way. For Sorry, real. Jordan Prentice. For real. Not the voice though. Man, we're getting yeah. way out of track. But see in Bruges. Um, Ray Fine's cursing Ray, up a storm. For real. Like yeah. he, he had. It's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he. I don't know. I never. I didn't see Ray Fiennes in much of anything after Schindler's List, other than Strange Days, and then seeing it's him pop weird, up. Yeah, yeah. Weird and, place to go. and this is just him playing him. Oh, you're comfortable with losing your hair. It's good to see you again, Ray. Good. <laughs> uh, good. Glad to have you back. But uh, TV for 2008, February 2nd through the 6th. We got to talk about it. The superb owl. Yay. Uh, XL. Yeah. This one was a big one. Um, yep. The New York. Uh, it, why? Why was it a big one? It just was. Uh, it was Fox's telecast of Super Bowl XLII. Mm-hmm. Was that was forty two? Forty two. It's the life of uh, interest in everything. Previously, Super Bowls. yes. The answer to uh, what is it six? What's six divided by nineteen? Whatever yeah. the question turned out to be, uh, surpassed the Super Bowl thirty as the most watched Super Bowl game on television up to this point. It's been surpassed since then, which was surprising to me because I feel like those numbers. It's weird. Those numbers would go up after 08. I th- well, I think because they, they kind of got their head around nat- uh, global broadcasts, which they're still okay. getting their head around. Mm-hmm. And it's going to get even bigger the, the longer we go on. Uh, and it was the, of course, most watched thing in the network's history uh, and Fox history, which, as we learned just 20 years earlier, is still rolling out to <laughs> Iowa and places like that. Uh, it also becomes the second most watched television program in history uh, after Whoa. the MASH finale. Wow. The, the finale wow. That, that destroyed our plumbing infrastructure, <laughs> whatever that old <laughs> urban legend is, that mm. everyone waited to pee right. until the, fa- uh, until the finale. I have never heard this. You never heard this? Mm-hmm. No. That there was like flooding in a bunch of uh, places <laughs> oh in America, God. apparently, because everyone held it in until the end of MASH, and then everyone went and flushed their toilets at the same time, mm. uh, which was which like flooded the streets, which I think might not be real, but also uh, led to a uh, one of the brains... Uh, schemes was to make something on television so important everyone would watch it and then flush the (laughs) toilets at the same time and the joke is he got it from MASH oh that's wonderful Uh, that's wonderful uh, do you do you remember we talked about this in the previous episode what was the show the post game show of this Super Bowl of this one was it of this one we're in 2008 and I'll just say we're on Fox there's no debut Mm. what's their big show show? that's I think that's like 10 years earlier 2008. It's difficult to remember to think of this like an old show because I haven't even that seen 80s it. That 80s show. It, no, it's that 90s show. It's House. It's oh, an episode yeah. of House uh, starring Mira Sorvino. I um, was so done with House at this point, and House keeps coming up in mm-hmm. the TV research, and I look it up, and I'm like, I don't remember any of this. And I watched House for a long time. Well, this mm-hmm. would be the highest-rated episode of House ever. Do you know 29 what million people. Nope. Mira Sorvino? <laughs> nope. Mira Sorvino I guest stars. Mira Sorvino's forehead blinds somebody, and um, then they have to have, operate on his eyes. Yep. Nope. Nope. No idea. Don't know anything about House. All right. Um, and then on February 3rd, the Aqua Teen Hunger Forest episode. So this is a light week, because everyone's, I guess, getting out of the way of the Super Bowl. Yeah, kind of. Mm. Uh, so yeah. But then next, next week as we get into, Friday, into February sweeps, mm. I yes. feel like everyone's getting They're ready. gearing up for that. They're gearing up. Yeah. We got to make sure there's nothing in front of it or around it to muddle the idea. We're like, no, remember that one that aired in early February? That's the one you're voting for. Aqua Teen Hunger Force Couple Skate, uh, the episode where somebody else has rented out the Aqua Teen's house. He's a giant white monster with, like, spider arms yep, and just keeps it. destroying the house. So Carl calls their landlord to complain about him. Uh, so we have a clip of Carl calling their landlord Markula, who we've seen before. <laughs> Why have you disturbed my slumber at this hour? Do you hear that? Let's... Yes. 
and it is beautiful. <laughs> uh, not to me, man. And I called the cops, and uh, they took one look, and they kept driving. You leave my tenant alone. He's screaming his head off over there. I'm about to get my balls up and uh, go over there and make it my business. With what? You can't stop him. He will shred you like a sheet. Yeah, he definitely has me on weight. He's <laughs> like oh bigger God. than the house. Listen. Just give him a couple of days. He's going through a difficult custody battle. <laughs> it's like a giant, horrible monster. Uh, mm. But then Aquatine is always great. Yep. It's, yep. it's the best. Uh, then on February 8th, the CW television mm-hmm. network and the WWE announced that WWE Friday Night Smackdown would leave the CW primetime schedule Meow. at the end of the 07-08 season uh, and then uh, went to what is my network TV? I... Oh, that's like a it's a syndicated block. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That I mean it's in different different channels and different networks. Is that, is that different me TV? Areas. It's not no. me TV. I don't think so. But, I don't think so. But three weeks after that, they just announced that they were removing it. Uh, My Network TV announced mm-hmm. that they would pick up uh, the program in September. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's a network or what. My Network TV. Well, it's just it's a stepping stone to getting it to USA, where I think it's been. Oh, well, no, that's that's uh that's raw actually. I don't know where SmackDown here. How many different shows? They're on different networks and stuff. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, huh. yeah. It's, uh, it's highly independent. Sci-Fi um, is one of them still on Sci-Fi. I mean, they WWE is aired on MTV Sci-Fi. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it eventually hits Cartoon Network. Uh, <laughs> I, feel like I just saw it pop up on something called Access TV, which is a channel I'm really, really trying to figure out what their theme is. It's every channel now. Like, yeah. it, I mean, because I was watching it because Old Country for, No Country for Old Men was on. So mm. I was like, perfect. I want to rewatch that. We just talked about it on the show like a month or two ago. Um, so I'm rewatching it. And then all the ads are for like country music show, country mm-hmm. music concert, country music this. Following this is got to be Charlie Bit Daniels Band, country music live. And I'm like, so is this like the country music channel now? They can only show movies that have no. the word country in the title? Nah. Exactly. And then, and then like, so after I watch it, I turn off the TV and then I turn it back on like the next day and it was something really bizarre but then like and wrestling mm-hmm. and I was like wait but they have wrestling this is a channel I don't even know what it is and then all this wait Golden Girls what is happening <laughs> it's really what co- does this have to do with anything it's the buffet network I've only had an over the air antenna for a year and once a week I tune in with like fascination of what mm-hmm. over the air television not a non Netflix world looks like and the, the television landscape it's, is insane. It's very strange. Also, I th- don't think it was this channel. It might have been like the next channel over. Mm-hmm. Um, did a Murder She Wrote marathon wow. nice. from the beginning. Whoa! Cool. I got to watch Murder She Wrote begins wow. season one episode one from like eighty five. Wow! She has a love interest, and it turns out he's the killer. And no. she's like fucked. His- it's before. It's about her writing her first book. Really? She was a school teacher. I didn't know this. Now I have to watch all of Murder She Wrote. I thought you already had, or that was just for your 40th birthday party where you played it. The yeah, party I played the all, whole time. all Golden Girls and Murder She Wrote. Hey, everyone sat down and watched it, though. We did. <laughs> it was transfixing. Did. did you ever go to Universal and see the set? I have, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> cool. So, actually, that reminds me I need to get up on my uh, 1988 Murder She Wrote and pull out the ones that have the best guest stars. Okay. Because that one time it was like George Kennedy and George Takei or whatever. <laughs> Whoa. Like <laughs> George's? It's yeah, all we gotta, George Spectacular. We gotta find shit like that. Tonight on Murder She Wrote. And, wow, yeah. can't believe that sort of wraps TV. That's it for TV in 08 this week. It was General. A bunch of, there was some other uh, sitcoms and stuff aired, unremarkable episodes. Yeah. And real- a lot of reality shows that I've never heard of and don't care to talk about. Yeah, Dave's not here to talk about horrible reality shows. He's not here, man. That's his addiction. I got that reference. Um, 
But you won't get this reference. Games of 2008, the biggest one, Stardock's Sins of a Solar Empire, a huge game I know nothing about. Uh, but, uh, the name is familiar, but mm-hmm. I never. it sounds like a PC Sins game. Sins of a Solar it is definitely. A, yeah. Once again, thank you guys for listening. We do this every single week at lasertimepodcast.com or 302010.net. We encourage you to leave your feedback. Let us know what you were doing or how you experience these things. Again, the show's we don't even need to be here. Your anecdotes are just as interesting as ours and it makes the whole thing more entertaining for everybody. So check it out over there. Leave us a comment. Occasionally we do entire episodes based on your feedback and put it over on patreon.com slash laser time. That's how we're supported. We are 99% listener supported through kind people like you and we can't keep doing this unless we have your support. So we appreciate it very much. We offer you a ton of extra stuff. Right now we have an Animaniacs commentary Mm. because we were on that kick after the renewal over at Hulu. Um, we have a commentary for the awful uh, MR men's rights activist cut of Star Wars. It's 45 minutes, and <laughs> yeah. women don't get to talk. Just um, porgs. Nothing yeah. but porgs. It's, they took the porgs out. They took of the porgs out. Of course they did. They're Except humorless. They, they cut it so Chewie eats that porg. He yeah, doesn't that's feel all bad you get to and see. not eat the porg. That's all you get to see. It's a mess. It, uh, it, it loses my favorite lines, my favorite moments, because people are idiots, and we get to yell about it in a surprisingly digestible 40 minutes, because that's how long the movie <laughs> yeah. is. But you also um, mentioned, uh, you mentioned Animaniacs. Time. We also, and bonus time, you get a whole extra show if you mm-hmm. subscribe to the Patreon. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Animaniacs. We uh, played some of their games on our YouTube.com slash Laser Time. We also raced the hardest Mario level ever. <laughs> uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff going on there all the time. We're also playing through Disneyland Adventures. Yes. We love old cartoon minutia. We, I wanted to play that Animaniacs game because that and Tiny Toons, Diana, I found bizarre that that show had not had an episode produced in 10 years, but it was still making terrible licensed games, but with the original voice cast. Huh. Yeah. So like 10 years after production of the show had wrapped they still have a lot of video game content out there in terrible games i went an hour longer than we were supposed yes, to yes it's awful I wanted to get why all did you do that yeah we had to find oh that game is they awful. start you with just yakko and you have to find wacko and dot and it oh, took us man. two hours to do but we did it and uh check that out as well as the show laser time a show like this but is more topic centric we've had a bunch of weird episodes as we jump into 2018 uh, including a, a little detailing of an internet feud. I don't know how to promote that episode, but uh, hmm. I'm kind of tired of talking about it. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yes, check us all that out and more on uh, LaserTimePodcast.com. We also have Talking Simpsons every Wednesday, our weekly chronological look at The Simpsons uh, with Bob Mackey and Henry Gilbert and Di- uh, Mr. Diana Goodman, Michael Raparez, who hosts Vigigame Apocalypse every single Friday. Hmm. Uh, but with that, with that out of the way, um, we can get into a little life and death. Diana, yep. who died? Uh, in 1988, we lost Emmerich Pressburger. He huh. was 85. He co-directed a bunch of movies that are fantastic. Mike Powell and Pressburger movies. Oh. Um, two mm-hmm. I recommend. Uh, the Red Shoes mm-hmm. and A Matter of Life and Death. Mm. A Matter of Life and Death is the weirdest, sweetest, <laughs> bizarre movie where like the main character dies but then maybe he isn't dead and then they have to like go to the afterlife and like settle a court case defending his life sort of so it's so like defending his life if you took defending your life <laughs> and you also spliced in the end of Captain America the First Avenger <laughs> and oh. also like a romance it's it's a really bizarre movie it's one of those things it's like I caught it for the first time TCM at like one in the What's morning it again? 
A matter of life and death. Matter of life and death. And then you are, tra- I was transfixed, just going, how have I never heard of this movie? This movie is insane. I've been meaning to watch The Red Shoes. They played oh, a, the Red uh, Shoes is they cool, played a trailer guys. for it at the Draft House before Phantom Thread. Oh my God. Because of like costumes and stuff. Oh, it might be the most beautiful Technicolor movie of all time. Oh yeah, the colors in it, everything it's, is gorgeous. And it's incredible. Again, crazy choreography. Is yep. also involved. Yeah. So I uh, totally under respected director. And another and shocking then death that in took place. In What? From Star Fox. <laughs> yeah, we lost Falco. So my immediate response Falco's a guy? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a band. No, Falco is a guy. Falco's a guy. The Rock Me Amadeus. Yeah. He was only 40. Died in a car accident. Did he wow. really? No well, shit. he was drunk and had cocaine ah, in the system. There it is. There's but your celebrity The guy that death. wrote Rock Me Amadeus did cocaine? No. I know, right? <laughs> no. Uh, but yes, with that, with that, we will. Uh, no, we still have another birthday. We got quiz, a thing to do. We? we have birthday quiz. Let's let's bring it back up with a little birth. Oh, oh birthday! The birthday quiz. We try and guess a celebrity born uh, during this period. All right. Boy, does this guy have an interesting life. All right, let's start with born February fifth, nineteen forty-eight, turning seventy. Happy birthday! He is the son of a diplomat and a vice president of casting at CBS. Uh, he had an uncle that was killed in the Spanish Civil War. Whoa the fascists and his great grandfather founded something called the Jewish Lads and Girls Brigades huh. can't be Guillermo del Toro he's not no, no. Uh, he studied mandolin and guitar then acting at NYU joined the cast of SNL for one year only Harry Shearer uh, Ch- Chevy Chase no uh, he has appeared in Little Shop of Horrors A Few Good Men Gilbert Gottfried Princess Bride This is Spinal Tap Billy for Crystal Consideration A Mighty Wind Christopher Guest Christopher, Christopher Guest Thank oh my you. God. the right honorable Fifth Lord Hayden Guest I forgot about that he's technically yeah, he's, royalty he, he is rich. royalty he's a baron wait wow. so he was who's he in Little Shop of Horrors is he in the radio station he's, he's like the first guy that comes in as a customer and it's like wow what huh. a great plan that's yeah. him yeah. yeah I don't think I knew that yeah wow. I had to pull up some you know a more obscure ones before yeah. we get I into was, his actual I was just watching an SNL clip with him on it uh, yeah. because we were talking about SNL and bonus time I'm trying to pin him in my head oh, I hate I when that happens <laughs> and come on I mean male synchronized swimming yeah. yes it ends there I was so. close with Harry Shear. damn it you were very close um, damn it uh, I didn't get it another another steal from Matthew J I'm losing I'm losing <laughs> my mojo will I get it back next week when we oh, talk okay. about uh, the next week in February 30, 2010 1988, 98 and 2008 stay tuned taking us out Falco rock me Amadeus uh, we'll see you next week people